I think uh, in terms of, I, I will just introduce myself. I'm Dr. Dosant from the Loma Linda University and School of Public Health, and then we, uh, we deal with preventive care mostly and prevention. And uh, one thing that we have to we have to be careful is, and I will finish with this, walk the talk. If we want to influence kids, we have to walk the talk. Cannot preach to kids and stay sitting there and say, hey, go outside and play. <laughs> it's not going to work. So whatever we do, we have to do that. And we are going to start, we are going to, uh, start with some uh, uh, epidemics here, some statistics, and then we will go to several different, uh, uh, I would say, areas, but uh, walk the talk is going to be on each one of them. If we talk about school, if you talk about community, ooh. It's okay, I'm sitting down. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I talked about something, I thought it was you. Yeah. And then, uh, and then, um, or, or the church or the home. Maybe I should put in the reverse. We should start at home, then school, then, then church, then community, and wherever. But uh, we have to, to have these models uh, because children are influenced by, by, by us. Either by us or by somebody. So they will be influenced by something, by something. So again, I am Dr. Dos Santos, Loma Linda University School of Public Health, and uh, I will start this uh, now that we have uh, uh, the main group here. I will start with, we will have some case studies here, and I need your input in some of them. Uh, the first case study is my own. I used to be uh, chubby, and my nickname in Brazil was Gordinho. <laughs> or gordito in Spanish, or uh, little chubby in, in, in English. And then um, I have a friend that came from Brazil. Uh, he is here now, and he visited me, and he said, hey, Gordo, how are you? I say, my goodness, it's, since, it's a long time since someone called me. Yeah, <laughs> you know, we have some friends there from Brazil. I, I'm still a little chubby, but uh, but uh, I was uh, very, very, very uh, big. Um, why was that? I was the center of attraction because I was in a party and everybody will call, ah, oh, you eat a lot, huh? Oh my goodness, how can you eat? And I feel, wow, I feel the very important with that. And, and sometimes kids need this something for them to make, to make, to, to be special. And that's what happened. Uh, until I figured out that I was really fat and fit, could not run, could not do anything, and that was not good. When I was about 16 or 17, I came across the uh, Adventist Health books. Minister of Healing, Councils on Health, Councils on Diet and Foods, Temperance. And this changed my life. Simply reading those uh, books changed my life. And, and I lost weight. Simple thing, simple things. I became vegetarian, lacto-ovo-vegetarian, three meals a day only, daily exercise, lots of fruits and vegetables, nuts, Brazil nuts, the best, okay? <laughs> Sugar and sweets. Uh, I, we still eat, we used to eat uh, sweets, but uh, only as desserts, no, no snacks. So we, we 
follow a little bit on, on, on the health uh, and temperance. So what are the lessons that we got from that? First, we should expose our children to our health inheritance. When, when, when the message came to Brazil, uh, we only have this message, don't eat pork meat, don't eat unclean fish, do not smoke and drink. And that was that. Uh, I remember that one of the first pastors in Brazil that was a Brazilian pastor was cousin of my grandfather. Uh, José Amador dos Reis and um, he died with 37 years old he was a very good missionary but he didn't he was not taking care of his health this is the health message only he would not sleep well he would not eat whatever he would uh, I mean we are from the south we have some friends from the south also and we eat. Uh, we used to eat a lot of meat. Meat in the is the is the gaucho South American cowboys. The gauchos uh, meat is in the uh, breakfast, uh, lunch, and dinner. Dry meat or beef jerk, whatever we we call. So this guy died early. This cousin of my and was the first pastor ordained pastor in Brazil. Why? He could be alive, not until today, but he could live a little longer if he took care of his, uh, of his health. Maybe he didn't know, or maybe the message went there a little crooked. I mean, this part, well, let's not talk about meat here because nobody will accept the message. Probably was that. It's like you go to Texas and they say, well, you have to be vegetarian. They will look at you, well, if I am vegetarian, I'm not Texan anymore. <laughs> Or I, I'm not uh, Caribbean anymore, or I'm not Portuguese anymore, or I'm not uh, uh, whatever, you are Martinique anymore. <laughs> well, but the lesson here is that I like to make is I think we should have Ellen White books in our school curriculum. And, and, and this will make a difference. Uh, uh, I met a, a public school teacher two weeks ago. And she was saying that she's reading Ellen White, she's Adventist, and she works in a public school, and she brings Ellen White books there and, and uses as a literature to, to teach English. And then when they go to the content zone, so why we should not eat meat? I mean, so uh, constructing the words or the phrases and the paragraphs, <laughs> she was underlining the message. So it's, a, it's, it's something that we could uh, uh, present. So let's talk about statistics now. 17% of children and adolescents aged 2 to 19 are obese in this country. One of, one of seven low-income preschool age is already obese. So it's getting to be preschooling now. Childhood obese has more than tripled in the past 30 years in this country. And it came from 7% uh, in 1980 to 20% in 2008 uh, among the 6 to 11 years old. And among the 12 to 19 years old, it went from 5% uh, to 18%. So this is the main argument that this business here is not hereditary. 
even though some physicians are saying, well, it's hereditary, but it's too fast to be hereditary. Hereditary thing, it has a trait and are those, I'm not sure if you, if you know uh, in the past when you were young, I mean, we have one or two that were shabby. Most of us were skinny. So most of this was, uh, on that time, was hereditary. Even though, I remember, I have a family close to my house in Porto Alegre, so, so south of Brazil. And, they, and the kids were very shabby. And the parents were very shabby. Fat, and the dogs are very fat. <laughs> oh, excuse me. <laughs> Something is, uh, is, the genes are passing to the dog, so kind of <laughs> impossible. <laughs> um, in, 2008, in 2008, more than one-third of children and adolescents were overweight or obese. So this is the... Uh, this is the main statistics here. So 30% of our kids are overweight or obese. And um, how many of our adults are overweight and obese here in the States? Huh? 99 now. <laughs> Not yet. Yeah, well, the, uh, it's, it's almost 70%. 70%, uh, 68 point something. So we, we are getting in, in big trouble here. And uh, they said that snow is flattening up the rates of the obesity. So that's the new statistics that saying that uh, this year is the same as last year, so it's not going up. But we still have to see what's going to happen in the years to come. Any questions? Yeah, that's that's what we are foreseeing. It is gonna be is gonna be. Uh, yeah, is, if we continue like that, we we will have a, a big problem in this country. And uh, the same thing with smoking, uh, not in this country but in the world. If we if we continue the rate of smoking in the other countries, we will reach a proportion of smokers in the world and a proportion of lung cancer that is gonna be the main thing. So I believe lung cancer with diabetes will be competing because we are growing up with smoking and we are growing up with, uh, with weight around the world. It's not just in the United States. So here we see the statistics along, among young, uh, low income children from two to four years. And then we have this, uh, the slide is not very good to show you, but uh, uh, the rates of obesity on low-income children in the states are here. So more, most of the states have a rate of 10 to 15% of obesity in this population, uh, according to the states. So uh, we have two here that are less than uh, between 5 and 10%. Which states in that? This is? Uh, huh? There is, is there any American here? <laughs> Colorado, and this one is, I think one is Colorado, no, 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 this is Utah and Colorado, it might be, oh, Texas. Texas is here, how many are Americans here? <laughs> <laughs> Just two, my goodness, I should change my, my lecture to, to, to another, uh, yeah, but I mean the, the, 
the, uh, the states on the East Coast and Texas and California are the worst here. And then this one, uh, I don't know which one is. Uh, South Dakota. South Dakota. So you see, things are getting complicated. So here we have the, the states that increase uh, obesity rates uh, in children 10 to 17 in 2007. So fortunately, we have some states here that decrease the rates. Huh? North Dakota, Wisconsin, Iowa, and New Mexico. They decrease, but most of the states are increasing re, uh, rates of uh, childhood obesity. So the epidemic is, is tremendous. And uh, I don't know where we are going to stop on that. And I don't know what is going to be the change. Because the trend is that they are all bragging that um, heart disease in the country is going down. But with uh, these indices here, with these rates, Probably this will be reversed in a couple of uh, years because with this comes a lot of problems that we are going to see now. Well, this is the obesity uh, in adults around the world. So countries that have uh, higher, more than 30 to 40 percent of the population obese. And so Brazil is there, huh? I didn't know that we are, we are that obese. Um, and Chile also. I went to Chile uh, one year ago to do a lecture on childhood obesity in our university. And I did the, the whole week for them. And I was wondering why they have this epidemic of childhood obesity in Chile. Then I figured out Chile is a Xerox, Xerox copy of America. Because it is the South American country that has more ties with the United States. And not only business ties. We went to, I went to a shopping mall. They have three ice cream stores close to each other. It's not one, it's not one, it's three. And then they have McDonald's, they have Pizza Hut, they have KFC, they have whatever you call they have there. American stuff. So American stuff. And so they are, the, chi the children are getting a little chubby. So we have other countries here that are represented. One that is getting there, is very low is, uh, is China. But, but China is interesting. If you cut China, I was working in China for six years. If you cut China in the half, you have uh, West China and uh, East China. West China is poor. They don't have food. And they, they don't have childhood obesity because they have malnourishment. But in the East China, that is uh, where they have Shanghai, Hong Kong, Beijing, they eat a lot. And the children are getting overweight. So this rate is, uh, is, uh, is still good. But if you cut that, you see the, the big cities are, are, are becoming American style. It is, it's so interesting that uh, there is a guy, Dr. Uh, Frank Hu, uh, from uh, Harvard. And I, he was in Hong Kong, and I attended, attended his lecture. And he was showing, um, he was uh, reporting what happened uh, in Beijing. He was invited to go to Beijing to talk about childhood obesity. And he said, we have to be careful with McDonald's, KFC, Pizza Hut's, and American business. We have to be careful with that because we'll bring childhood obesity and Chinese are, our children are becoming obese. This guy is Chinese, descendant, 
works in Harvard, went to Beijing. After he finished a presentation, the communist leader surrounded him and asked, what are you talking about? We came from famine in this country. We didn't have food. Now we have food. We want more restaurants. We want more Western restaurants. We, we, we are eager to have more food. <laughs> what are you talking about that this is not good? You see? They don't understand, but uh, we don't understand either. We, as health professionals or missionaries, missionaries, we don't understand that also. We go to those countries and what we do there. There is a mission, uh, a mission trip to Africa, and the guy said, um, he went to church, uh, in my church, and so uh, we want to go to church and we want to raise money for the church to pay for our tickets and to buy some candies for the kids. So what? <laughs> and that's it. We, we bring the wrong message. We bring uh, the Western world, go to those places and say, well, you are malnourished. We will give you more food. And we give the wrong food, the wrong idea of food. So they transition from malnourishment to overnourishment. They transition to that infectious disease to diabetes and chronic disease. And so that is happening across the world. In your country, it's happening now. So we have to do something about that because this is the situation. And when I, when I talk to these guys, I say, well, why do you go to Africa? But bring soccer balls and bring uh, uh, jumping, ropes, uh, jumping ropes and things like that. And then I will give you money for you, but not, not to buy candy, excuse me. But anyways, but I do exercise, mom. I surf the net. <laughs> so that's the concept of exercise. If we don't control this, uh, what's going to happen? We already have a diabetes epidemics. What is happening among kids? One kid in 400 have diabetes in this country. 215,000 diabetics under the age of 20 years old. Uh, most of children with diabetes are overweight, so the relationship is there. Main cause of heart disease and stroke, 68% of diabetes-related deaths, death, sorry, are for heart disease. 68% of adult diabetes have high blood pressure. So what we are putting our kids, this is the future of our kids, is the leading cause of blindness and kidney failure. In 2006, we have 65,000 amputations in people with diabetic, diabetes. 60 to 70 percent of diabetics have a form of nervous system damage. So what, what is, so that's what I get a little passionate when I talk about that. Because uh, we are sitting there watching TV, oh, kids are getting uh, overweight, okay, yeah. And some moms are still thinking that this is okay. We set up a program for childhood obesity and we invite the community. And uh, you know, nobody show up, we have one, one, one family. And then we, we, we will ask why. And they said, no, our kids are okay. They are fat. No, our kids are okay. So. Still, we, are, we, we have the concept that, well, Bishabi is healthy, but that's not, a real, that's not the case. Uh, 
Childhood obesity continues to increase. Epidemic has uh, risen over 30 years. It's a global problem. 20% of adolescents in the United States are uh, children and adolescents are uh, shabby. Uh, this is 20% that are obese. 30% are overweight and obese, as we mentioned in the beginning. 22, 22 million under five overweight worldwide. It's not a problem. It's not an American problem only. 22 million under five years old are overweight worldwide. Can you believe that? That's, that's terrible. Okay, now for you to know a little bit on, uh, uh, on these charts, how we classify a child on, on, on obesity or, or overweight. So normally we use this growth chart and they have the years. Uh, this is for, from two to 20 years. And they have to be in the middle of this uh, curve here. We put the child's uh, um, BMI here. We have to know their weight and their uh, uh, height. And we put here, and then, and then we 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 go and see what after we know the height and the BMI, we have to do a formula for that. If the BMI falls onto this part and this part, that is the 85 percentile, we we consider overweight. If it's beyond or below to 85, is normal weight. If it is above the 95 here. So if in this situation here, the kid will be considered um, obese. So we just need to calculate the BMI, that is the weight of the kid over the height uh, squared, squared height. So it's a simple formula. If you are good in math, I am not. But uh, if you are not, I mean, you, you just put, uh, use your calculator, as the kids do. <laughs> or ask the kids to do that for you. Okay, so this is just an example for you to, to have an idea how they calculate that. Children and adolescents are, are obese at greater risk of bone. So what's the problem for them directly? Bone joint problems, sleep apnea, social and psychological problems such as stigmatization and poor self-esteem. So I was stigmatized and I thought that I was good because I was Shabby, but uh, you cannot imagine how, how many problems we have when we are shabby. Uh, it's good when you are eating, you feel good, but uh, your friends start making fun of you. Gordito and, uh, and gordo, you cannot run, you are too slow, gordo, gordo, gordo. In such a way that uh, gordo is a, you, in Spanish, is a, is a, is a cussing. You, you call gordo, you, you are setting up for trouble. In, in Brazil, I don't know if it's much, but uh, in, in some cultures, it became very uh, bad name. Okay, uh, how about the risk as adults? Type 2 diabetes, stroke, several types of cancer, osteoarthritis. Uh, children who became obese at the age of 2 were more likely to be obese as adults. We are going to go back to that. Overweight for children at 6 years old. Um, compared to the non-overweight peers, have 10 times the risk of becoming overweight as adults if they are overweight at 6. If they are overweight at, at 10, the risk is 20 times. Can you believe that? If you have a child that is 20, 10 years old overweight, 20 times the risk of becoming overweight an adult. So I think I am here. I'm still a little in the borderline there. 
and because I start to be shabby at 10 years old, what is not good. So we have to prevent that as much as possible because the consequences might last for your long, for your long life. Okay, overweight and, uh, and obese are associated with, uh, this is the worst thing that will happen to the kids because we are setting up kids to this. Cancer of the breast, colon, endometrium, esophagus, kidney, pancreas, gallbladder, thyroid, ovary, uh, cervix and, uh, cervical cancer, and prostate cancer, as well as multiple myeloma and Hodgkin's lymphoma. This is uh, uh, done by this guy, Cushy um, et al, uh, from American Cancer Society. Even in my class, I, I didn't include all of this cancer related to obesity because this is very new. Well, not that much, 2006. But uh, you see, all of these are the future of our children. Shouldn't we do something about that? So this is a summary of what we should do. Neurological, psychological problem, uh, pulmonary, sleep apnea, digestive. Uh, you know what is GERD? Does anybody know what's GERD? Gastroesophageal reflux disease. So it's the fact that the person has heartburn or azia for us. And you know what's the main cause of GERD? It's not food, it's not uh, eating too many, uh, too much uh, uh, pickles or, or, or acid food. It's abdominal fat. Abdominal fat will compress the stomach up through towards the, the chest and will make our stomach to go through the hyat. That is a connection that we have between the, the chest or the thorax and, and the abdomen and will promote this, this, uh, this uh, uh, disease that we call GERD. And uh, the main cause is, um, is abdominal fat. There are other causes. I mean, constipation also will do that. Because if you have, the, your, if your intestines will not work, I mean, it will increase the pressure upwards. Okay, uh, kidney problem, gallstones problem, uh, osteoarthritis, uh, type 2 diabetes, uh, heart disease and uh, high cholesterol, hypertension, uh, inflammation, uh, uh, coagulopathy. So you have a problem with uh, thick blood when, once, you are, uh, once you are fat. Okay, so... I should stop at uh, 12? 12. Oh, so we have plenty of time. Oh, let's go back here. Um, so the respiratory problems with children is uh, asthma, uh, increased wheezing, and then the lung, the lung development and health. And here we have the, the prevention. In fact, the prevention is please uh, lose weight. Even if you don't lose weight, but you start exercising, you will increase, you improve that. Uh, in 2006, there was a girl, three years old, that died in England because of uh, uh, obstruction of the superior airways due to over, being overweight. So she was sleeping and then the, the airways were obstructed and she simply died. 
they want to put the family on, 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 on prison for that was a big mess. I put here a, a phrase that I learned last week. I never used that before. But it's called forest bathing or bath, bathing. bathing. For, forest bathing. I, I didn't even know how to pronounce that. What's that? The guys that were in my cancer. I have a bath in the forest. <laughs> Sounds like a great idea. Well, well, I mean, I, I think we could do better. Where, is, where are my guys from the cancer? Uh, oh, you, you forgot about that. Huh? He's, he's just going to a forest and stay in the forest. And then you are going to breathe the air from the forest. The air from the forest have properties that uh, are healing to, to the lungs. And what we, we figured out is that in, in this study that we present in the cancer seminar, there was, uh, it was made in Japan, and they measured the NK uh, cell amount once they went to forest baiting. And NK is natural killer cell, is the one that kill uh, cancer cells and kill bacteria and kill other things. So they, this group went to the forest and then this group went to the city in Tokyo. And they measure after they went to both places. And when they went to the forest, the natural killer cell increased its activity, increased uh, its capacity to kill cells, and it increased the amount of natural killer cells in the circulation. Just staying in the forest. They stay two, two days in the forest. One day walking, and then they slept there and camping, and then they stay one more day. So what, and the effects last for one week. So it means that- uh, Like any woods that you go? Any woods that you go. So I would say you, we should go uh, once a week to a forest. <laughs> yeah, you go, you go for it. But, but it's just something interesting that uh, how uh, God put in the right places and we are living in the wrong place. But if we are living in the wrong place, please try to get to the right place once in a while. And take your kids to that for, the, for Christ's sake. Take your kids to this place and uh, for them to enjoy. Instead of going to Disneyland and uh, uh, Disney World and uh, all these uh, entertainment parks that will not give anything to the kids and full of McDonald's, by the way. Take them, please, to the beach, to the forest, to the mountains. That's where we should bring our kids. Okay, uh, low self-esteem. So this is the problem with... Uh, with a weight according to what the peers perceive them. So we have higher dropout rates, we have the stigmatism, we have uh, lower rates of marriage among overweight kids uh, or, or adolescents or, or youth. Uh, so we have prevention here to do something, but prevention is, uh, this prevention is late, huh? What we have to do again is to go there and, and try to make a difference before they, they become like that. Depression is also common in, in overweight people. So increased interaction, participation in team sports, active participation in individual surroundings. So I, I have some examples of what they did to overcome this with some behavioral techniques. We will go there. 
Uh, high blood pressure, again, I'm not going to spend much time here, but uh, just uh, mention here, 5 to 100 children have higher than uh, normal blood pressure. So this is uh, very troublesome here. You see, we have children today that they are giving diuretics or beta blockers or whatever to control blood pressure. We have children that we are giving Lipitor. Can you believe that? Lipitor is a drug for cholesterol that we use for, for adults over 60, used to. Well, for you to have an idea, I have one guy that works with the bariatric center of, uh, of the hospital, Kaiser Permanente Hospital in Fontana, California. He said that he has kids with 9-0 of BMI. You know what 9-0 is? You, you might be as wide as you are high, as you are tall. <laughs> square. Square. It might be a square person. Can you believe that? And it's terrible what is happening out there. And most of the kids are Hispanics. So, anyways, is childhood obesity a child abuse situation? It's something for us to think, for, for us to think. Prevention starts at home, so we will talk about that. Why does it happen? I think we don't need to talk much, but uh, uh, kindergarten, by kindergarten, children spend uh, more than 5,000 hours, uh, hours of television, starting with that. Uh, then what is happening with, uh, with uh, our food? So I have some statistics here that is very interesting. Uh, so one Big Mac has about 664 kilocalories. To burn it, doing different type of exercise, you need how much time of exercise? You, you need 82 minutes playing basketball. Or one seven, seven minutes playing cycling. Based on these uh, on these pounds uh, uh, expenditure for 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 uh, kilo kilocalories per minute expenditure, so then we need uh, to play football for 85 minutes. You need to swim for 88 minutes, and you know uh, you have to walk for more than two hours. <laughs> it's a lot of walk, huh? and to to. To counteract just that, but think about that. They they use that. They put the fries and they put a soda and then an ice cream or two Big Macs. They have the, all the calories that they will not be able to even to 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 burn. This is is almost impossible. And the worst of this is that the nutrients of that are very minimal. They have maybe the protein. And, and, and the rest is carbohydrates and fat. So you don't have antioxidants, you don't have uh, vitamins A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, K, whatever. <laughs> they don't have that. And so what are we doing? What, what is it? Do you call this food? So that's our fight against McDonald's. I, I, I'll, I'll mention something that we are doing in Loma Linda against McDonald's. And we are losing the battle, but we are... You saw in the news, yeah? So we are there, but it's not easy. Okay, now I have a, a time for you to, to participate. The second case study. So, an elementary public school in a poor neighborhood asked your church to develop an after-school program to help their kids' uh, uh, health. They're, because they are getting obese, obese and then uh, 
what would be your suggestion? So now uh, I want you to talk. What would you advise? What would you plan? What would be what would be the first step? Go ahead. That's a, a crucial point. So just following you on that exercising the curriculum, that's basic. But uh, a couple of years ago, they increased the curriculum of, uh, of uh, schools, elementary and uh, high school in the United States, and, uh, and then they, they increased the time, and there will be more time for PE. You know what they did? They put math, they put algebra, they put science, and the PE was left out. So, would be interesting if at least in the afternoon, because what is happening with after-school programs is that it's not getting exercise in many of them. They are putting a, a mentoring for math, mentoring for science, mentoring for, for English, and PE is gone again. My goodness grace, what's going on? So exercise in the curriculum, maybe exercise after. So other, other suggestions? That's a good idea. Great, great. I heard that there is something like that outdoor classroom that they do math and they do math in the, in, the, in the court. And then they can add, they can learn how to do that with games and things. Excellent, 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 excellent. Go ahead. That's what happened uh, all across the country. You go to college, there is a college in, uh, in San Bernardino, Cal State San Bernardino that gets uh, money from Budweiser. Guess what? The, 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 the carts that go around the, 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 the school are all Budweiser. You don't even need to, to publish that, to, to announce that, but I mean, they have problem with uh, alcohol accidents there. They have problem with alcohol behavior there. But who cares? The money is coming from the alcohol company. Praise the Lord. My goodness, it's a blasphemy, but. <laughs> No, this is college. Cal State is a university. Yeah, not 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 a, not a, because a college a high school is still uh, uh, illegal. Uh, alcohol is illegal until 18 in many states, and there is some states that are 21. I heard. But anyways, any anything else for this? Have a big bowl of fruit. Big bowl of fruit. So cut down on the junk food and put more fruits available. Vending machines with fruits, great. Great. We are doing something at that. I mean, there are some uh, places in the country that are in increasing the lunch, the school lunch. Yeah. Anybody else? Because we are going to move forward. Go ahead. After, after school, what is being suggested is for in-school. In school, yeah. <laughs> Probably sport, sport? transport program. Uh -huh. I mean, after school, that they, when they have to maybe compete against each other, and then that will force them to move. You know what is the problem with sports in this country? We use the guys that are good, the guys that are bad. Forget about them. And it should be a program that includes all of these overweight kids that are not good. That they cannot run, but uh, put them together, no matter what and involve everything and make competitions with everything, no matter if you are the best. Because the sports, unfortunately, in the country are tailored for college and for NBA athletes. We are, we are 
preparing, oh, this is the good, this is the good, let's make a team, let's play, and let's put them in the league, and then second league, and then we'll be professionals. It's all screwed up. And le- yeah, yeah, it's not healthy. It's, uh, and then uh, most of the athletics, you have another problem there, are involved with drugs. As steroids and amphetamines and all of this mess. Uh, I remember there was a, a lady whose daughter was um, a very good uh, Olympic gym uh, um, athlete. She was growing up and she was very good on that. And she was considered for the Olympic team in the United States. And she started training. When she came back one day from the training, she has a list of things that she had to do. And then she has uh, Tylenol, that was okay. And then she has some other, and it was a list of almost 10 medications. And the mother would look at this and say, what's that? Well, she went to talk to the coach. And he said, well, you know, she is not drugs, you know. This is just supplements for her. Because when she trained, she might feel a little pain. She might increase the inflammation. She might have this. Uh, so she has to take this to protect the joints, to increase the muscle, to decrease the pain, to overcome the stress, the muscle stress. You know what the, the lady did? Took off from the team. She forget about that. I don't want to have a, an artificial daughter here, a world champion artificial daughter. So that's the situation. Okay, let's move. Let's move. Let's move. Let's talk about behavior. What are the behaviors that are most likely to have an impact? Increased PE participation, you already mentioned. Increased recreational physical activity. Decreased television viewing at home. Decreased video computer games. Uh, maybe, maybe not. The good thing here is that they are inventing the we that we can play with uh, just with uh, things like that uh, even though I don't feel that this is enough exercise you do like that and it looks like it's good exercise for old people but not for kids there is something good they can develop good things there is a bike I saw two things with that bike first the bike that you pedal and then you have to go over the obstacles but if you stop pedal your bike will stop and then you don't go anywhere so you have to continue pedal so pedaling so that's a good one the other one is a bike that is connected to a tv or a computer and then while you are pedaling you have energy if you stop pedaling everything stops so it's a generator that they put in the bike so you have to pedal to have and that it helps some kids so if they do that they will save a lot of energy a lot of light, and the kids will do exercise, and maybe we will do. Imagine if you sit on, on the couch to watch TV, but you have to pedal, otherwise the TV is not going to work, so you do something. <laughs> Overweight, decreased physical activity, and then you gain weight, and then further decrease physical activity, and then you become more overweight, and then you create a cycle, and you have to break this cycle. So what we have to do at home with parents and family, um, it has to start with uh, uh, when the, the, the lady is pregnant. Because, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but, but I'm going to talk about the UNAX, okay? <laughs> 
But uh, we have to start when the, mo the mother is pregnant because today we know that uh, if uh, a mother has an overweight child when, uh, when, when it's born or a low weight, low birth weight child, it's going to affect their weight in the future. So all streams are going to go in, in trouble. Then we have breastfeeding. If, if the mother does not breastfeed the kid, more likely to have obese kids in the house. Uh, sorry about that, you're, you're welcome. Um, so parents have to become uh, role models and that's, that's a message for you here. Emphasize problem solving strategies rather than information giving. We are health educators, health specialists, doctors, physicians, whatever. We are good in providing information. Hey, this is what happened to childhood obese. This is, you have to bring solutions for them. You have to bring them to offer solutions sometimes. But you have to bring some structure, not just giving them the thing and then forget. You have to, to, get, to give something and say, well, sit with the person and say, well, what is their situation here? And so, uh, I remember I have one guy that uh, needs to do exercise. And then he came to my office and said, I don't have money to pay the gym. I don't have time to go to the gym. And uh, I cannot do the exercise. Um, what is your suggestion? Then I asked him, do you have kids? Yeah, I have an 8 and a 10 years old. Uh, do you have time for the kids? Yeah, kind of. So buy a, a ball and play one hour per day with your kids and you don't need to go to a gym. Sometimes we have an idea that uh, exercise is, is walking and, and, and doing something in the gym with uh, uh, weight lifting and it's not there. I brought some example for you. Well, buy one thing like that, okay? This is, uh, it costs, if you buy one like that, it costs maybe $5, okay? $5, but you don't need to be uh, that sophisticated. Sometimes sophisticated complicates your life as it is now. <laughs> but uh, we, should, we should put our kids back to this type of thing because this is something that uh, we, need to, we need to practice more. Uh, what I'm doing with this is that I bring that in my backpack and then uh, every time during the day, I, uh, if I have some time, I will, I will do something on that. I mean, a couple of seconds you do that and, uh, and then you, you can, uh, if you are sleeping, I see some of you sleeping, you should do, that's the time for you to do some of these things. <laughs> but uh, simple things that we should do during our day and that we should bring our kids for, for, for influence our kids. Weight loss programs are rarely successful. So that's a, a problem here. Why? Because the diets are unsustainable. Nobody can follow those diets. Uh, healthy lifestyles provide added benefits. Some people come to me and say, well, I want to do a crash diet because I need to, to lose 30 pounds. And then I ask why. Well, because I have this wedding and I have this party and I have to go to the beach in the end of the year, whatever. In Brazil, it's the end of the year. He is in the middle of the year. <laughs> but uh, I tell them, you are going to lose this weight, but you are going to gain it back. So whatever you do, my suggestion is go here and, and develop a lifestyle. Start with a lifestyle. 
Start with your daily exercise, control your sugar intake, go lower on that, have a good lifestyle. Once you are following a good lifestyle for six months at least, so you are doing okay, then if you want to do a crash diet, I, I, I'll go with you. So you, you can do Nutrisystem, Medifest, Optifest, uh, uh, Jenny Craig, whatever. Then you do that for three months, so two months, then you might, you might lose that, then you go back to your lifestyle. Because if you don't do so, you are not doing anything. Because you are going to gain your weight again. Because you don't have, you don't have a home to go back. You see? Many, I used to work in the prison. And I keep telling this to my kids, you, to my inmates there. You go out of the prison, wh where are you going? It's, ah, ah, go to my, I, I, I push them, you have to move away from here. Oh my God, I cannot. Well, you are going to go to the same environment that you were. You are, danger, you are dangering your life. Because the guys that will not accept that you change. I'm not a gangbanger anymore. Huh. But, uh. If you have weight, I mean, and, and then you don't have a lifestyle, it, it doesn't help. Lifestyle will help even though you don't lose weight. The majority of U.S. population is at risk, so we already talked about that. Uh, prevention will cost less over the long run. So uh, if you need to put some money at first to buy new shoes, or to buy uh, new shorts, <laughs> or to buy one of these, five bucks, uh, you, you, please, you can uh, even uh, get any rope that you can find. Yeah. I like the rope that are a little heavy. It, it's better for us to, to jump. The ones that are too light, it's good for the kids, but for us it's kind of hard. At least, depends on your size. Uh, if you are short, it's, it's okay. If you, for me, it has to be like that. Um, I will skip that one. Let's see. We... We're taking you off smoking, drinking, and rich food. What else do you enjoy? That's the problem with kids. It looks like we are taking off things. But uh, I would say, children, they don't like, children do not like broccoli. Sorry about the English here. Uh, adults do not like it too. And then uh, children will enjoy. If you do a food tasting, that's one of the things that uh, we, we advise. I think Katya mentioned about that already. That do more activities that kids will participate, will taste that, do competition that kids can prepare something and then they can taste. Once they taste something, you will be surprised that you, they will eat even broccoli. Because if you put some seasoning that broccoli tastes a little bad, they will eat that. And even you will eat that. So it's something, I put even this, this thing, if they participate in a cultivation, as Dr. Botting mentioned here, uh, it would be more motivating for, for them to, to change, to accept these things. Uh, now I will talk about uh, one study that, that was done in, um, among Mexican-American children. It was published in this uh, pediatrics here. This guy here is John Forrett. John Forrett is the top guy in terms of behavior change for weight control in the world, in, in the United States. So he's a guy that uh, 
promotes this and he has statistics that uh, behavior change will work in the long run. And what he used here, so in this, in this thing, they, uh, the children that participate in this program for six months, they decrease the BMI, they decrease cholesterol, they decrease the LDL. So it was 60 children that they participate, and 40 children in the, in the behavior change, and 20 children in a control. And most of the children were overweight, around uh, 25 BMI. Uh, nutrition classes, what they have there? They did nutrition class one a week, exercise class four times a week, and they have meeting with the parents once a month. Whatever you do for the children, remember, is not the children's problem. You cannot fix this problem focused on the children. It has to be the family, it has to be the mother. Mostly the mother involved, and if you want a better success, involve the, the father too. Okay, so what they did? In terms of uh, foods, they divide the food in three groups. The safety zone, like fruits and non-starch ve veggies. So those are, uh, are safety to eat. Caution zone means go slow on that. Low fat meat, low fat dairy and starches. And the danger zone, everything that has more than five grams of fat per, per serving or 15 grams of sugar per serving, stop, wait. And they, they have uh, more cl classifications and they have more stuff. But they, this is, they get the kids and they promote this and they have cards and they have games that they play with the kids and the kids were getting uh, rewards for that. Uh, they have bi-weekly quizzes, uh, they have, uh, let's see, they have a reward system that they get points if they eat new fruits they have, uh, uh, if they meeting, if they are met the uh, uh, individual goals on the program goals, uh, and then they will have price after that. They also monitor their own activity, their own physical activity, their own food intake, the, their sedentary behavior and their weight. And they have exercise with skill training. So they would, you, you want to push the kids to, to play basketball, you don't put them in the court and shoot the ball, whatever. They will train them what are the techniques that they use the best to improve their skills to play that kind of sport. Question. About the 15 grams of sugar and the 5 grams of fats, that's only for uh, children or not for adults? It, it, can, it can apply for adults too. Also? Yeah. That's a, that's a good, I would say less than 10 grams of, of sugar. That less than 10 grams of sugar is better than, than 15. Even though I would say that it's better to use zero grams of sugar. <laughs> but it's, uh, it's, sometimes you have a food, you have to choose. There are some food that are natural sugar in, uh, content. And there are food that artificial sugar content that they put sugar on it. So natural food food content you can handle until 15 grams of sugar if it's uh, from apple or whatever. Okay. 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 Let's go for an environment. I hope I can finish this on time. Um, so we talk a little bit about home and school, and then we might talk a little bit about the community, what the community can do and what the church can do. We talk a little bit about home, school, and child care, but uh, is there an influence from the environment that we can, influence, that we can affect? 
Um, as the in intake of uh, fruits and vegetables decrease, uh, the number of convenience stores and fast food restaurants increase. So if we have more McDonald's close to your neighborhood, you most likely will eat less fruits and vegetables. So that's what they are finding in this study here. The other study here that residents without supermarkets in the neighborhood are 25 to 46 less likely to have healthy diets than those who live close to a high supermarket density area. Yesterday we talked about Walmart, but Walmart is a good thing still. Because I went to this Walmart here and they have well, tons of vegetables there. At least they have that. And they are comparing these, the, these supermarkets, uh, Walmart, super Walmart, compared to those small stores that you have in your neighborhood that just sell what? Sugar stuff, alcohol, alcohol, and alcohol. And some white bread. It's, it's a, it's, it, it's a, I don't know how is it in Brazil, but uh, the small supermarkets were, were amassed. They, they, they decrease in, in size, but they decrease in quality also. If they were smart, they could start selling things that are healthy and maybe people will be attracted to that. The owners don't know, and they, said a lot, and they sell a lot of cigarettes. And other trash that uh, I cannot even enter sometimes in those stores because they have so much trash and so much magazines that you should not even look at this. And so who is gonna, it's supposed to be a family, neighbor. community, neighbor-friendly store. My goodness grace, <laughs> what's, going, what's happening there? Okay. Uh, Children with high BMI, who live closer to convenience stores, uh, they, they, have, uh, they have more weight when they live close to, to those fast foods. When there is a, a lack of supermarkets again, children will, so children will be high BMI if the uh, McDonald's is closed, Children would have high BMI if the supermarkets are far away, if they don't have a, a, a way to, to, to buy those things. And this is an interesting study that was done in uh, East LA uh, uh, about uh, fast food. And so they went to an area of East LA. How many of you know East LA from here? Yeah. So it's where they have most of the Hispanics living there. And uh, so they surrounding a, a, a air, an area from that, and then they found in that neighborhood in East LA, they found 62 grocery stores and 93 fast food stores in that, in that region. So they found that there were 58 fast foods in a walk, walking distance from the school, but only four grocery stores with quality fruits and vegetables for fresh. Only four. So you can imagine that uh, where, so where, where the kids are going to go for, for, for snacks if they, if they have a break. Another case study. Just uh, another, I don't give breaks, so if you, if you, you want to go to the bathroom, you better go. But uh, this is supposed to be the break. Uh, this is one of my patients. So she's a medical student, about 20-some years old, BMI 35. BMI 35, what does it mean? Obese. 
obese. obese. So 25 to 29.9 uh, to 20 to 30 to 29.9 is overweight. Yeah, 25 to 29.9. Then over 30 is obese. So she was obese. Uh, obese. African American, chubby since, since childhood. Uh, she exercised every day. She lost 20 pounds in the last six months. But uh, now she reached the plateau and still is with this BMI and cannot do anything. Extremely stressed, extremely messy with her diet. One week she is doing good, another she is relapsing. Short sleep time. Yo, now he, he, she is going with yo-yo diet, lose 10 pounds, then gain 10 pounds, then lose 10 pounds, and, and then, uh, but she keep, me, she keep coming to my office. <laughs> Because sometimes this kind of patient will, will not show up. They give up on you. She didn't give up on me, and I don't give up on her. What would be your advice for, for a, a kid like that? It's still a kid. Change her to a whole plant diet. She is vegan. She is vegan. She is 100% vegan, but uh, yeah, it might be that's the problem. You see, vegan might not help if you eat a lot of junk. Sugar is a vegan food, don't forget that. No processed think, I think the problem is not that, but let's go. I think the problem is not that. Because she knows that, but uh, how I, I, I tell her this to her, and, and she still don't do it. And then... Well, I was thinking of, if you don't have proper sleep, everything goes down. Do you, do you know any medical students that have a proper sleep? No. Even in Loma Linda, they are, they are dosed with caffeine, even in Loma Linda. So, but uh, I'm not uh, challenging, but uh, we know today that lack of sleep Will will raise the the weight because because of yeah yeah but uh, still we have a problem because she knows those things we have a different problem here in terms of acknowledge she's a medical student Adventist since she was born no she is vegan. So she knows that all of this she knows. The problem is between knowledge and practice. And then what we can do between knowledge and practice. You are going to have those challenges, but that's the situation. Go ahead. Yeah. Is this a cause or a consequence? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a circle. It became a circle, but it might be a consequence mostly. Yeah. But what do you do with that? She's trying to lose weight to improve that. She is what? I, I didn't get Oh, check the tyrant. Well, I think, I think yeah, we, we, this could be a, something for her to do. But... Um, the thyroid, uh, thyroid and, and obesity is very small uh, amount of people. 
maybe one or two percent that will have a thyroid problem. Uh, it's, not, it's not the rule. But that's one thing that she could do. But what I, the challenge here is that the knowledge, don't give me more knowledge, okay? Don't give me, it's not going to help because she knows. Okay, she, she is Adventist since born, I mean. But, uh, but uh, it, it might be that she needs a little more support. Uh, and, and then spiritual support is one. And then maybe we are, we, are, we are running a program for weight control right now. Yesterday we have in my church, and we are forming a support group. So if you want to help people with obesity, uh, childhood obese, adulthood obese, obesity in your, in your community, start a support group. Start a support group. This is the main thing that you could do. And, and then you can involve the spiritual part. You can involve the social part. You have peer, a little more influence. You will increase her self-esteem because she will feel in an environment that people support. So that, that is something that can help. Go ahead. I don't want to talk about content anymore because she has enough knowledge Excuse me, I, I respect that. But it's not knowledge, please, it's not knowledge. Most of people that is with overweight, they know more about diet than you yes. and than me. Sure. Fiber, they can eat fiber and fiber and fiber. How many people, I have one guy that went to the cheap program and then he lost weight and he has a lot of, uh, of, uh, of uh, fiber in his diet, and he lost all the weight, and I found him now doing bariatric. The problem is not knowledge. It's how to, because the, if she is not doing these things, she's not going to do the fiber diet, because she's doing something. And the fiber diet program that you get in a, you have support within the group if you do the program. Oh, okay, so you are talking about a support group. Yeah. yeah. I think it's not the diet, it's the support. I, I, I agree. Now I agree. Because it's not knowledge. Please, don't take me wrong. I, I'm not upset with you, but uh, it's not knowledge for these people. It's not knowledge. It's practice. What can we do to help them to practice what they know? That's, that's a good point. That's a good point. It might, it might be in the root of the problem. Maybe the stress is causing it. Don't, don't go. You have to talk. Okay. <laughs> so it might be this. Uh, this, it might be, it, this might be the case. Uh, um, on this line, maybe she does. When, when you focus on the wrong goal, you don't go forward. She, she might need to, to focus on the homework, as I mentioned, the lifestyle. She may need and, to tackle one problem first. Exactly. And, fo and, and focus on one thing that is important and prioritize it and then get the support that she needs. Check uh, her vitamin D level. Check her vitamin D. That's another thing. She might need to do that. Yeah. That, that's a good one. She's black. Yeah. She might have a lower. Yeah. That, that's a good one. I mean, thyroid and vitamin D, two, two things. I'm going to take this to her, because uh, why not? What part does genetics play in all of Genetics, yeah. Genetics play... Yeah, I don't, I don't remember that. that. That's why I don't remember if she has parents on that. So I, another thing I have to check. So you, you got a good point. But uh, most of this case, uh, the genetic is, uh, is about 10%. Uh, 
mostly 20 percent. Campbell's study said two to three percent. Yeah, I, I am uh, uh, two or three percent in, in general, but um, in some cases, individual cases, you might have a strong affects the drugs also. <laughs> this is what the scientists say. So is, uh, genetic influence is about 10 to 20 percent. That's what they said. But uh, if we go by Ellen White, she said even if you inherit something, if you change your lifestyle, you might, you might revert the disease that, uh, that you inherit. So, your genes yeah, on. yeah. Yeah, well, she, she is, uh, she is being, being crazy about exercise. Again, this, this, she is doing something. She's not that bad. I think the problem with her is that she is unconstant. When she does that for two months, and then the, she, she traveled to her family in Boston, and then she messed up there. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that could be. Okay, thank you. We have good time here. We have some discussion here, but. Uh, yeah, that, 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 that's uh, the same thing here. When she goes away and then she comes back, she goes yo yo. So, what's going on at home? So, maybe The family could not be overweight. The family could not be overweight, but uh, the family, because that's, a, that's another problem with childhood obesity. Don't think you can do a diet for a kid that will go home and there is a lot of junk at home for other kids, but this one cannot eat the junk. It has to be unjunked, the home. The whole family has to be unjunked, otherwise it's not going to work. Think about that. It's not a problem with the child. Okay, so we are going to go back. So let's talk about, uh, you want to say something? Go ahead. So uh, then we go uh, again to the spiritual. So you guys mentioned about the spiritual. Include the spirituality on that. We have a problem with that. You know why? I, I'll, I'll get there. Then she will go to the pastor and then ask for advice for the pastor. And then she sat in the pastor office and the pastor is this size. <laughs> and then you know it's the same that you go to a doctor to stop smoking and the doctor is a smoker or whatever so. <laughs> okay let's continue here with the environment uh, we should uh, reduce barriers to change risk behavior so, so you have to promote more exercise indoors versus outdoors if the neighborhood is unsafe. Because you might, feel, you might find people that say, I cannot let my kids outside because it's too dangerous outside. It's gangbangers and, uh, and drugs and whatever. You still have your time if you, you pass. Okay. Uh, here they put uh, dancing or Dancing is complicated for our Brazilians, but uh, I don't know what's happening with the, we, we are, I am from South, we are not allowed to do our dances, and then when we go to the general conference, they ask us to dance our traditional dances there. So, okay, <laughs> what's the problem there? So, I believe there is dancing and there is, uh, uh, because the square dance that they use in America that we get in a group and then we just go around, and, uh, and I think there is, this is exercise. 
Maybe the, the close dance that you do and it is a little too tight and too romantic and then the lambada, salsa, whatever, might be that's not a good, we, we, we could have different ones. But I will not go against your culture, respect that. But uh, think about some kind of uh, uh, activities or games that uh, the kids could do that is not a, a pro that's exercise that they should go back to. Uh, well, I will go on that. Uh, let me finish that. Uh, family meal time. Healthy meals with the family. There is enough research that if kids eat the most family kids they have, they lower their weight. The less family meals that they have, the higher their weight. So, parents monitor their child's diet and play outside with children. Um, so this is already already mentioned about uh, uh, spending times with uh, the, the children. So this is the problem in the school. I'm not going to talk about that, but to change the school environment, we already discussed. Um, another case study. 75% of parents with overweight kids ignore the problem. Just ask Johnny Boy. Johnny Boy is a little chubby. 80 to 95 percentile for BMI. Mother was normal weight, but willing to do something about that, uh, helping uh, Johnny. But the father is the problem. He is overweight, not, don't want to talk about weight, don't want to do anything to change it, and he wants just to eat whatever and then do whatever. Is there a chance to help Johnny? Not much. <laughs> Move away from the house. Uh, huh? I, I didn't get what she said. <laughs> that, that would not be, uh, that would, yeah, okay, is is uh, abstract <laughs> change. But um, what, what else we could do on that? The mother is very, can be very effective. The mother can be very effective. That's a good one. The mother has a kid. You have to work with the father, and then he will change his father. With okay. His okay. So, you see what he said? You work with the mother, the mother worked with the boy, and the boy was helping. We might be uh, able to help the, the, the parent. That's, that's a good one. Anything else? I think the mom is the, the key person. When they go buy groceries, she buys proper groceries and she makes sure she cooks herself because that's the main problem whenever children eat out, eat out a lot that's that's the main problem the yeah. dad is a, it's not something else but if she is buying she buy what's proper what's if the, the wants to go if the dad wants to go out kill kill himself let him do that yeah but the child great he, he, great she can control the child that's that's very 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 true what is the main secret of changing a food behavior Huh? Well, don't eat out this one, but uh, there is a main secret on that. Decision, okay, but there is another main secret, please. Availability. Huh? Availability. Well, you, you have, we, have to, we have to have a class on that. What's Thank you very much. You, you, you didn't pay attention to that. We have to know or we have to prepare a food that is appealing, that is delicious, that is sabros. If we don't do that, nobody's going to eat that. Mostly the father here 
he, he might eat something if you uh, make some stuff and they say, oh, it's not that bad. Sometimes they will eat that and you don't tell them what's that. And they say, well, that's good. Thank you. So the secret of changing diets, whatever diet is, is preparing or buying with, with a, a flavor, with a smell, with a taste. You want to say something? I was just going to say, do you, do you do you guys uh, heard about uh, Chef Oliver? I think it's Oliver his name. It's this British chef that came to America. And he came to a high school, to an elementary school. And then he was, he, he, he brought a, 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 a truck full of fat. I don't know where he got this fat. And he said, this is the amount of fat that you are eating here in this school per year. This is tons of fat and people are, the kids and the mothers there surrounded, what? And then he brought a, a tomato, and then he asked the kids, what's that? The kids didn't know what was that. Then they got a ketchup, and then he showed, what's that? Oh, ketchup, ketchup. Where the ketchup comes? They didn't know. They didn't know that ketchup were made by tomato. He brought potatoes, and he asked them, what is a potato? And the kids said, I don't know. And then uh, he showed French fries and said, oh, French fries. Didn't know that potato, French fries came from potatoes. So, and then he brought, uh, he brought uh, broccoli. <laughs> they never heard about that. This is uh, from Mars. This is a f uh, alien food. Who is going to eat this thing? <laughs> or maybe a flower, not for, for eating. So, and then he, his secret was promoting. He, he was in, uh, in, in Los Angeles last time. He has a fight with a uh, with, uh, school district there because they don't want to put the TV on that. Because the TV will show how bad the diet was in the school district. And then he, he will open up, he will speak up against everything. And, and he will promote this kid to eat, promote a good appetizing uh, uh, type of food for them. Um, okay, so I have to finish this. Uh, we have uh, 15 minutes. Huh? Keep, keep there, don't go home. Uh, it's 12 or 12.30? <laughs> okay, so most of the things that we have to affect uh, in terms of, uh, of uh, childhood obesity are here. We have to affect the legislation, if you can, the media, the environment, as we mentioned, the food supply, the community, uh, the healthcare system, school or work site, and then we go to the family and the individual. All of these, I mean, the most important is here, the decision, as you mentioned, is, is here, no doubts about that. But uh, it's very hard to decide something and have all of these pressures on you. So that's what we are saying now. And then I'm gonna talk about the McDonald in, uh, in, uh, in Loma Linda. Uh, we, we are fighting against um, a restaurant that came there and then, um, it looks like it was approved. We lost the battle. But it was interesting that even pastors sided with McDonald's. I can't believe in that. The pastor there said, well, it's embarrassing for our church to be against McDonald's. Excuse me, why are you saying that? Because we should not be in the business to mandate what people should eat. 
I don't care what you are going to eat. I care about my children. I care about the children that are being influenced for, for that, that they don't have a power to decide. Even if you teach them, their friends are full of McDonald's toys and McDonald's this and this and this. They are acculturated to that because McDonald's is a culture. They are selling, and I'll show you a lot of that. Um, this is uh, what the pastor said, and, but uh, fortunately we have physicians and public health uh, faculty that oppose uh, to the idea of fast food, uh, uh, and then we are fighting against that. To side with the McDonald's is to do what they, what, what, is to see what they, they are doing here. In San Francisco, they decided that uh, McDonald's should not give toys with food because they are trying to convert the kids. So what happened? The McDonald's went around and said, well, we are gonna send, we are gonna sell for 10 cents each and give to a charity the money. <laughs> and they did, and they did like that. And then the guy have the courage to say that is all about the toys, not about the food. Excuse me. This looks like uh, the same thing about Joe Camel. It's not about smoking, it's about a, a cartoon. <laughs> That's a joke, I mean. It's all about, a, uh, it's all about a Ronald McDonald clown. Other cities have banned fast food restaurants in the United States before, like San Luis Obispo, the Vanderbilt University just finish its contract with McDonald's and they are going to Panera Bread or another restaurant that is a little better. Has junk food there, but at least has a balance. McDonald's is not having, not have a, does not have a balance. There is another, uh, one guy called me after that and, uh, and in Florida, one island, uh, city island in Florida. Uh, well, we are in Florida, so in one of these islands, I, they, they, they banned McDonald's. And, and then McDonald's was not, any junk food was not able to enter in, the, in their city. But well, what's the difference between Norma Linda drinking all that caffeine and McDonald's? Well, the fight is general because the university didn't side with us. So this is university, you know? I, I, I work in the university, I call my boss, I call everybody, so let's go in that. Silence. No, well, we cannot meet with you. So we, we have to go against the university. But, but, okay, okay. No, no doubts about that. But the university does not sell coffee. This is uh, these medical students that are drinking coffee. So we are not selling coffee. All coffee that we have there is known is, is uh, decaf coffee, mostly. Which has caffeine in it. Yeah, mostly. But, uh, but the fight is against the university also. I mean, we have to improve our cafeteria food. And if you go to Loma Linda, you see that we have more. And, and, and again, we cannot be, we cannot be, I mean, extremists on that. And because this uh, McDonald uh, here, uh, what to, uh, our main fight is to have a balance for people to choose. If you just have junk food, you don't have choice. But you have to have options for them to choose. So as we lost the battle against McDonald's, we are going to fight again uh, that they have to have a healthy menu. The Happy Meal has to be changed. Happy Meal is a burger, french fries, a soda, and what else? And a toy. <laughs> yeah, but uh, you see, I mean, this is uh, is not healthy meal. It's a happy meal. Okay. McDonald's. Um, uh, th that's interesting. It does sell little apple bits and they get yeah. salad. So they have some, but uh, yeah. 
who ate them? Who ate them? All councilmen, uh, that's uh, something interesting. All councilmen are seven day Adventists, most of them vegetarians. None of them will eat a McDonald's, but they want to respect the freedom of choice. So I respect that. Loma Linda has uh, four, already four junk food restaurants, and Loma Linda has a cafeteria, as you mentioned, that sells some, some junk there. The problem here for us is not, is not uh, against McDonald's specific or against the people. Our fight is to provide in the only blue zone that we have in North America or in the Western world, that is Loma Linda, something healthy. I mean, you come to Loma Linda expecting that, well, oh, these guys have good things here. And then yeah, the first thing you see is uh, golden arches. That's not make sense. Um, well, we have even an alcohol store and a tobacco store in the city. So we, and our fight is bigger than, than just junk food. So we, we are giving you the picture, the general pictures, not just that. Uh, the problem is, is kids. Adults can make their choice, but the influence upon the children is zero and unfair. So this is what happened in McDonald's. This is what happened in McDonald's. This is what happens in McDonald's. This is what happens in McDonald's. And this is what happens in McDonald's. So there is a campaign to, to put down uh, the clown in, in several states, in, in several cities, Burlington, Portland, New York, uh, and Portsmouth. They are trying to get a retired Ronald McDonald clown. Yeah, the interesting thing is that in Loma Linda, we don't offer meat in our cafeteria. But if the patient requires meat, we will serve them. So it's. We, we give meat to the patients only. <laughs> but anyways, uh, I, I don't work in the hospital, uh, and this is another business. But uh, at least, at least we, we are able to form this, the Healthy City Loma Linda Coalition. And then we are working with the city council, we are working with the city planners to do something about that in the city, in the city ordinance, to promote a little more. So we have to, we have to go to the church here. This is uh, one of the most important. The new trend is to change the internal culture. In corporations, the best way to change behavior is to change, no, not having vending machines, not promoting junk food, not having access to those things. But uh, how about our churches? We cannot promote health because we need to talk, to, we need to walk health. We need to walk the talk. I was invited to promote a, a health program for our community in a church in Southern California. And then I went to a padlock in that church. They have fried food, cheese, chicken, a huge cake, ice cream, and cookies. I told the pastor, uh, we have to start an internal program first. Exactly. How can I go to the community and tell a message that you are not practicing here? He never called me again. <laughs> so we need to have exclusive, uh, I, I think another thing, we need, if we want to, I, I heard the pastor and I already talked to the, to the North American division, Katya, about that. She said that they are concerned about that. But in the sermon, the president of general conference, you take wherever you can take that, said that uh, at the end of this world, we will stay the health message. The other ministers will go away. So why don't we put the health message in the right place? Good question. Now, I, let me just finish that. Why the health directors in the churches are not 
valued. Why the health, why we have a health direction in the conference that takes care of ministries, Sabbath school, uh, pastoring, and, and, uh, and, and sometimes it's the pastor that have three or four churches and plus health ministry. So do we believe on that? So is that, that's something we can, we have to walk the talk. Health directors, the union division. So we, uh, we should put a person there if we think that this is really to promote health in the community, to promote health in the church and the right arm for evangelism. If we don't do so, we are not walking the talk. So that's my, my opinion. We want to fix childhood obesity. We have to clean up our home first. So now you have a question. Uh, I just go back to the... When, when I was working in Hong Kong, they asked us, I was the director of health promotion, to serve ice cream to the staff. And then I, I said, well, how can I serve ice cream? I mean, it's, uh, it's immoral for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I have the champion juicer, and then I froze the bananas and uh, strawberries, and I produced that uh, yeah. frozen ice cream made with fruits. Then we have two booths. One was the president of the hospital serving normal ice cream. And in my booth was myself and my team. We have a big line in our side, and we have two guys in the president's booth. So just for you to know, if you, pro if you promote something that is good and that is healthy and good and healthy, they will go for it. Uh, just a, one, one is not just a conference, it's the church, local church, in my church. We have uh, four pastors for children's ministry. We have one pastor for mentorship. We have a visiting member, one or two pastors. We have seven or eight pastors in that church. It's 7,000 members, okay, 6,000 members. Uh, we have the health ministry in the church is me. I'm not, I'm not paid. I'm not in the books. But how much money do I, I'm fighting with them to have a budget. Zero. Zero. So what's going on there? And then we are against McDonald's. Oh my goodness! Oh no, we we favor McDonald's. So uh, this is a situation across the world. Okay, so if we we are speakers for health, but we have to start uh, being vocal on that. And so you are here, presidents and, and representative of your church. We must walk the talk. The main message to prevent childhood obesity in our churches and community is this one. Thank you very much. This media was produced by Audioverse for the NAD Health Summit. If you would like to learn more about the NAD Health Summit, please visit www.nadhealthsummit.com or if you would like to listen to more free online sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.